to the pilot episode of The Sweet Spot. I am your host, Robbie, and with me always and forever is my lovely co-host, Lisa. With, with a, a Y. Not an not I. An I. <laughs> so this is going to be a podcast about nerd culture and living in that nerd culture. So we're going to be focusing a lot on nerdy stuff, and I think we can all piece together what that might entail. So for our first episode, we're going to discuss video games, games because everyone plays them and some people are a lot better than others. <laughs> no judgment. If no judgment if you suck. <laughs> if you suck, if you suck, you get to join my party because because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I suck too. I'm so sorry. I was taking a sip of my beer. Oh my um, God. So rude. <laughs> um, not rude. Anyway. So we have four subjects that we're going to discuss today. We're going to talk about what are we playing? So just, you know, what, what are, are we you playing? playing? And then we're going to talk about some unpopular opinions that we have within video games, um, which which is going to be a lot of fun because even going over our notes, uh, Lisa was like, like Lisa put in her notes, "This means you, Robbie," and I'm like, "Um, correction, you're wrong. That is an unpopular opinion that we share." And she was like, "Oh, I did not know." So we're still learning things about each other, and we've been friends for years. It's so great. So, yeah, so if you don't agree with our unpopular opinion and you find yourself getting upset because how could they think that way? I only have this to say to you. Get bent. And such good advice, too. These opinions are ours and strictly ours. We don't represent anyone. Blah, blah, blah. Legal disclaimer shit. <laughs> so then after our unpopular opinions, we're going to go. We're going to talk about transformative arts. And I know that's kind of a broad topic. <laughs> transformative arts when we're in the context that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about video games that had a major impact on our lives, right? Yeah, so like I for a lot of people, you know, depending on when you were born, obviously, mm-hmm. it's going to it could be something like Pong from Atari or, you know, be, for pretty obvious reasons or it could be something like I don't know, Frogger or other um uh cabinet games. Listen. I mean, <laughs> those listen. don't necessarily have the most transformative stories, in my opinion. I mean, you said big influence, right? Oh, so okay. Depending That's on fair. Yeah, big influence. Depending influences. on when you were born, those could have had major influences. influences yeah, you're totally uh, right. If you were born more recently, Call of Duty Modern Warfare could have had a ma- I'm Okay. Okay. No judgment. No judgment on whatever you game you personally identify with. So, <laughs> with that out of the way, I think it's good to that that we just get started and get it out of the way. Yeah. So, right. Lisa, what are you playing? Um. So, what I'm playing? Um. I've been playing Kingdom Hearts three. Oh, good. How far are you? Um. Unfortunately, I'm still at the same spot we talked about last oh, time. Oh. Okay. Because with moving and trying to get a job mm, and mm-hmm. a lot of that kind of stuff. Um. Even though I am playing Kingdom Hearts, it's been a f- few weeks since i've been able to sit down and actually do the thing yes yeah i actually do the thing okay but, um so for those of you who don't know i just recently so i finished arendelle and then for some reason after i finished arendelle i got the very intelligent idea to just look at the walkthrough um yeah, online we, t- we talked about that so we won't go into too no, no, much no. detail but but <laughs> but what i did after i finished arendelle was i went back through all the previous worlds and found oh, all the so loot you're read you're preemptively getting your 100% while you still can. Yeah, like I'm Got going it. back through and getting all the loot that I missed and anything else that I need. And I don't think I'll get 100% because I'm not going to bother. I Somebody told me that to get to synthesize the Ultima Keyblade, you have to do some key, um, gummy battle, gummy ship battles. Yeah. Because you can only get a couple, some of the like ingredients through winning some of these gummy ship yeah. battles. And I'm not going to do that. Well, I'll do it for you. 
cool. I love the gummy ship. I thought it was a much needed improvement because it felt so linear in the first two games. And now I actually have a chance to go out and like explore and stuff. You See, know what I mean? I, I do get that. I totally respect that. For my perspective, mm -hmm. I thought it was convoluted and unnecessary. <laughs> um, I don't. Uh, did you actually stop and read the tutorials, though? It's not that I didn't. And it's not that I don't know how to play. It's that I've never been interested in gummy. Oh, okay. Like even, so you didn't like it just from the get-go. Yeah, even in the first two games. It was like, I have a ship. It gets me from point A to point B. I can earn mm -hmm. some points on the way there. Done. See, I really liked it in Kingdom Hearts 1, and I thought that the, like, the, the building a gummy ship was a lot more mm -hmm. simple in Kingdom Hearts 1, and then they just mm -hmm. made a bunch of unnecessary additions to the customization of the gummy mm -hmm. ship in 2, and I was not about that. I don't I don't know that because I never customized. I See, that's the thing. Like, I tried with Kingdom mm -hmm. Hearts 2, and I'm just mm -hmm. like, I cannot figure this out. I'm mm -hmm. not about this life. Kingdom Hearts 1 was so much easier. Uh, all, I, all I wanted to do was get on the world and fight heartless like yeah. i actually hated the gummy ship part mm -hmm. because i'm like why am i why am i driving the ship where's the cutscene that takes me from world a to world b so i can right, start fighting right so i never so i never bothered customizing i never mm -hmm. did any of that i never liked the gummy ship aspect i just wanted to get from world a to world b as quickly and be as, done with it and be, be done with it right. so so I know I won't finish 100% because I'm not going to bother with all those gummy shit battles. Well, and I mean, to like, I told you, like I told you before, too, to get the, one of the Oracalcum Pluses, you have to do a stupid little frozen mini game, and I yeah. will not do that for you. <laughs> yeah, no, and I don't expect you to. I don't even want you to. Good. So, so I've been. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been playing Devil May Cry 5 because it's oh, free. Okay. I got it for free from the Xbox Game Pass. And oh, nice. It's it's just as linear as I remember it being. It's just as ridiculous as I remember it being. But did we ever expect Devil May Cry to not be ridiculous? I no. mean, no, 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 no. That's I will what we say love. Though, I will say though, as someone who has never played Devil May Cry four, and mm -hmm. I've only like seen what Nero looked like. I yeah. hated him because he wasn't Dante. But like yeah. after actually playing the game, I find him to be a little bit more bearable than dante or just in general in general in okay. general no one will ever beat dante are you kidding me that's demon daddy right there that's why i was like mm, <laughs> girl what you're saying right no it's it's a lot of fun i'm having difficulty stringing together combos even mm -hmm. with the combo assist on because uh -huh. like my weapons will just automatically change i'm like no i don't want you to do that just keep using your sword why are you busting out your brass knuckles no bruh swords <laughs> that's what i'm here for swords and demons I so. mean, that's a good reason to play Devil May Cry. It's a great so. reason to play Devil May Cry. It's like the main reason to play Devil May Cry. No one really <laughs> plays it for the story. They just play for the gore. I mean, I I play it for the Dante. I play it for the Demon Daddy. <laughs> I could imagine you like if 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 a guy cosplay as Dante at a con, oh, I could God. imagine you going I mean, up to not anymore. But back yeah. when I was in the con scene, most definitely. Oh yes, but. Not anymore. Do you remember the one year? No, nope, not going to get into it because you know what? We had some unpopular opinions about the last episode. Oh, wait, so we're just going to skip right into unpopular opinion time. Oh, but I forgot to tell you the other thing I'm playing. Oh, what else are you playing? Where's my water too? I have never heard of it. What is this game about? It's literally. Okay. It's a phone game. So it's, or oh, it's, I'm sorry. I I love you very much, but as soon as you said mobile game, I immediately threw your opinion out the window. No, <laughs> I I don't. To, I totally agree. Oh, with that. wait a minute. Is that the crocodile one? Yes, but it's actually kind of fun because it's it's more of it's more of a puzzle aspect because okay. you have to figure out. So like, the point of the game, and it's gonna sound stupid and silly, and I recognize that, and I'm fine with that. The point of the game is to get water from the pipes to the bathtub. 
and you want to collect rubber duckies at the same time. Why, though? Because the crocodile wants a bath. So put him in the fucking bathtub. It's not that He needs the water to get to the bathtub. Why do you need need water to get to the bathtub? Water goes in the bathtub. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's a pipe connected to the bathtub. Okay, so he's already in the tub. Yes. This is getting a lot deeper than I thought it was. Like, what's the lore? (laughs) Like, what what is this crocodile's story? Like, I need a Final Fantasy-esque backstory for this dinosaur. Oh, oh my God. For this crocodile. Um, Well, I mean, I could try to give you one. Um, His name is Swampy, and he's got, I think, an older sister named Allie. Who she collects steam specifically. Steam? Yes. Like as in gaseous water. Yes, for oh, her fuck. piano. She's got like a an automatic, like, it's like a steampunk automatic piano. But how do you harvest or collect, how do you collect steam? This is so confusing. Even by like, and I mean, I've played some Final Fantasy, so <laughs> I know messed up stories, but like, I don't get this. I, I, I could show you. So... In nah, you'll show me later. Yeah, I'll show you later. <laughs> the, the point is, is you're so like if there's a pipe mm-hmm. between the pipe and the open part of the pipe that connects to the bathtub or to the steam powered piano, whatever, there's so like, basically you just have to connect pipes. It's not pipes, but you're making openings in the dirt for the stuff to travel through. I'm lost. Don't find me. <laughs> Congratulations. You've just confused a blonde. Moving on. Unpopular oh my gosh. opinions. <laughs> so we know that was a Robbie terrible. Wants- that was a terrible segue. <laughs> wow. That was. We know where Robbie wants to go. I have some strong unpopular opinions like and I fully anticipate I'm going to get so much hatred from all of this. Pokemon Sword and Shield. Why? Why? Why do we need a Galarian form? Why? Because a lowland form wasn't ridiculous enough? I mean, for fuck's sake. Executor now looks like he belongs to Doug Dimmodome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome. Because of he's, he's so fucking tall. Like, why? I don't understand why we need yet another form. And I totally get that it's because Nintendo has, like, run out of creativity and they're just rehashing shit you know at they this made point. A, you, made, you know they made a garbage bag of Pokemon. Yes, they did. And its name is fucking Garbador. How creative is that? And then they made... Uh, Zero. I know it is. And then they had um, a Pokemon that's literally just a fucking double scoop ice cream cone. Yeah. A floating double scoop ice cream. Yep. Its name is Vanillux. Are you shitting me? Is that how low the creativity is over at that's why, Nintendo? That's why they need to stop. Or not Nintendo, but like Pokemon. I mean, yeah. That's they, why they need to stop doing that. They like, just do. Like and the I first under, 150 were perfect. Why did you keep per, going? The fir- even, even the couple, even like, um, I, I don't remember the, I don't remember the, the gen after Johto, but Johto and then that third one, I'm totally down for. It's uh, and it's not even like the other gen. It's not even Gen Five or Gen Six. It's I just don't understand why we need another fucking form. And then the most stupid part about this, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. this is unpopular opinion, is the fact <laughs> that these Pokemon grow to ridiculously monstrous sizes. Like, is this supposed to be like some homage to the Godzilla kaiju genre? Because if that's the case, you need to fucking spell it out for me because it looks fucking stupid. I mean, it's one thing to have Charizard. Because well, Charizard's he's big. a fucking dragon. Of yeah. course, of course, I would expect dragons to be able to because they're supposed to be big and intimidating, like um, Salamence or Gyarados. Just yes. like naturally large Pokemon, I would like to see have those actual large proportions. Yeah, you know what I mean. But, but at the like, same time, why do I need a six foot tall fucking Pichu? Why? You don't. I don't because you know what? At the end of the day, that Pichu is going to trip over a pebble and faint either way. 
Yeah. And it's, I just find it absolutely ridiculous. No, I kind of agree with you because I'm. I'm and more so Pico and more Pico is just another fucking shameless clone. Uh, I'm sorry. A shameless aborted clone of a Pikachu that went wrong. Yeah. Why do we need another fucking Pikachu? I know that you're trying to cash in on it. Because they're trying to cash in on it. But why? Because it makes money. But they shouldn't. I know. Okay, not saying that they shouldn't make money, but they shouldn't have to cut corners like that to make money. This is the world we live in, dude. To quote Bo Burnham, art is dead. Art, well, okay. I don't necessarily believe that art is dead. I believe that thanks to the advent of the internet, nothing anymore is original. Everyone is copying everyone. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, for fuck's sake, we're making a goddamn podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I just, ugh, the, I just don't get it. It's because the lack of originality makes us so angry because Pokemon was one of our original IPs that we were nerds into. And yeah, and it feels and honestly it kind of feels like being betrayed. I mean, I, I totally agree. And I'm, I'm so sorry. I am so, so, so fucking tired of the Kanto region. Mm-hmm. Because in Pokemon Red and Blue, you got the Kanto region. Yeah. Fucking cool. Johto, you could go back to the Kanto region. Fucking cool. I don't need every fucking mobile game, every fucking side game, every ad. You know, I'm so fucking tired of the Kanto region. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it's, it's a shameless attempt to cash in on the adult nostalgia. But it's part of the lore. No. I will say. And the lore is convoluted and stupid, too. I know. They should have established that from Gen 1. They should have. They didn't. No, they didn't. they realize their problem. Yeah. I will say, Detective Pikachu referenced the Kanto region, and it was done tastefully and in well, such a way that it yeah, made sense. It wasn't, like, thrown down your throat. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. it has been. Yes. Because, like, you know, Pokemon Eevee, or I'm sorry, Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. Yeah. You know, I understand that that's a great way to try and introduce a younger audience to the genre, mm-hmm. but make fucking, uh, redo something else, man. Yeah. P- adults will eat this shit up, and it's clearly evident by the fact that... It's selling, it, like, it, hotcakes? It, yeah, it's, it's selling like fucking it's going out of style and at this point honestly it is going out of style like mm-hmm. honestly sword and shield is my last attempt to stay within this franchise i don't i e- just have no hope for it i don't even play the games honestly which is probably gonna make me seem like i Biased. don't know well like i don't know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. but the reason i don't play the games is because i'm tired of all the convoluted bullshit i, t- I mean pokemon red and blue at its core was collect pokemon fight shit that was basically it and, and it that's worked. what made it fun and even like um i don't remember the guy who made it, it totally, I, don't, I don't i don't remember the creator of pokemon but he even went on record as stating i loved catching bugs as a kid and i wanted to be able to do that for kids all over exactly. the world and now it's evolved into this convoluted stupid creative or uncreative yeah. mess you know and i think that's part of the problem because it started off as a unique pure thing mm-hmm. for enjoyment joy and happiness and you know i i can accept the fact that the anime and the pokemon cards were kind of cashing in but they were still fun but they were still fun and And there was still enough originality and creativity in them that made it fun i mean honestly at this point as far as the anime is concerned i never watched anything past the indigo league because i didn't even watch that far i mean i finished the indigo league and then i started to watch the second season where he went into johto Mm -hmm. and i'm like why is he still 12 we just yeah. had like four years. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, like, although or, I will say that as an adult, it is really fun to come up with Pokemon conspiracy theories. And I mean, we've I all know. heard them, so yeah, I know, right? I'm not going to reiterate them, but it's still fun. So what other unpopular opinions do you have? So with, so mine's not about Pokemon. 
and that's fine. It's about it's Final Fantasy. Yeah, we talked about this one. <laughs> so I, I'm not into it. I don't like it. I know you're not. And as hard as I've tried, I just I gave up. Well, because well, I gave up when I accepted the fact that we both had Kingdom Hearts. Yes. Yeah, and that was pretty much the best I was gonna get at the time. Yes. Well, because so for. So not everybody knows me like Robbie does. I tried playing. No one 10. knows me, or no one knows you like I do. No one, no one, no one. Um, I tried playing ten when I was younger. My brother and I had a PlayStation Two. We were playing Kingdom Hearts. So and somebody, I think my uncle gave us ten and maybe ten two. Definitely Final Fantasy ten. It would make sense that ten comes with ten two. I don't. I, mean, re- I don't remember for sure. Right. I, I know right. we definitely had ten because mm-hmm. that was the one with um. Um, that was the one. What's his that name? Titus. One, yeah, Titus and Yuna. Titus and Yuna. Um, and I remember trying, and my brother pop, and I popped in the game. We'd never played. Uh huh. And for about an hour, I tried to get past the tutorial. And after the 80th <laughs> time of dying, I. How did you manage to die? Is my question. Like, I love the game. It's it's actually what I'm going to cover in my transformative in the transformative art segment. Yeah, yeah. But. Like, that was so hand-holding. I don't honestly know. Okay. I don't okay. honestly know. I just know I kept dying and getting frustrated because it was the <laughs> tutorial level, and I'm like, this should be fucking easy. It should be. It's the fucking tutorial. I mean, I found it easy, but then again. And I just couldn't do it, and I couldn't figure out the controls really well, and I couldn't... Would you be willing to go back with the HD version now, since... I don't know. I mean, part... So... Once I couldn't get past the tutorial on 10, I did kind of give up. I'm like, fuck it. I'm done. I threw the controller. I was done. I knew the story, though, from other people, because a lot of my nerd friends were so <laughs> like into me. the story. Like, like you. <laughs> I mean, I had other friends who were like so obsessed. with. You don't seven. have other friends. You only have me. Girl. <laughs> but like, um, you know, I knew the story. And I, like, mm-hmm. I remember watching The Spirits Within like years ago. Oh, God, that was a terrible movie. I'm so sorry. I know, right? Um, it's anim- almost, almost as bad as Airbender. Almost. Almost. Um, the animation was really good, I will say that. Um, at least for the time. Yeah, for the time, yeah. Um, but, you know, so I knew about it, but it, the story, especially as I kept aging and the story kept growing, mm-hmm. seemed so convoluted to me. I couldn't keep up with it. So I guess at this point, not at this point, but, but I guess, like, what's your unpopular opinion? Just like how difficult the tutorial was or how convoluted? Well, A, A, that I kind of think Final Fantasy sucks. And B, my real unpopular opinion with Final Fantasy is I I don't hate Aerith. No, I don't hate her either. She was a pivotal plot point. She was necessary. The only issue that I have with Aerith is that I spent so much goddamn time leveling her up just for her to die. See, every person I've ever heard besides you. Besides me. For my entire life is how awful Aerith is. Mm-mm. And I mean, for me, my whole thing is when your only real exposure to the character is through Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, yeah your, your sense of view tends to be warped because those yeah. aren't the most accurate portrayals of those characters. Well, and I, so I thought she was totally fine. For me, I mean, she was kind of bland compared to like Leon and Yuffie. Oh, everyone is bland compared to Yuffie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love I fucking love Yuffie. But like, I never hated her. Mm-hmm. So when everybody's telling me Aerith is this awful character, and she's so terrible and she's so boring and, and all this stuff, I'm like. What Why, is with though? you guys? Right. So I I have this theory that it has something to do with the fact that all fangirls and I did kind of include Robbie because I didn't know that 
he didn't hate until Aerith. until I until I got her notes and yes. then re-edited them. Yes, <laughs> for her, did she realize? Yes, but like all the fangirls have such a huge crush on Cloud, and isn't he like okay. in love with Aerith? Um, like don't they get together okay, except that so she dies? It's it's within the context of the game, you have one of. Four romantic uh-huh. options. Uh-huh. And you can only do it, you can only have that romantic scene during one point of the game. Yeah. And your love interests are either Aerith, Tifa, Yuffie, or Barrett. Like, you can mm-hmm. take Barrett, the big burly black man with a machine gun for an arm. You can take him on a date on a Ferris wheel, and it's pretty cute, actually. <laughs> that would be kind of cute. I didn't know that. So, I mean, like, it's never been implicitly stated, but as, as far as the relationship with Cloud and Aerith is concerned, it's more of Cloud feels immense guilt for not being able to protect Aerith. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. Or at least that's how I interpret it. Well, the only way I could see that people hate Aerith so much is... Because of the fact that she dies. And mm. I think that's what it is, too, is a lot of the fandom put a lot of time because she was made to be the stereotypical love interest. So everyone yeah. assumed that mm. she was going to make it to the end of the game. And then Square Enix was like, ha JK, heckin' bamboozle. It was me, Sephiroth, the entire time. Kono Sephirada, you know? Yes. But so. see, that makes me appreciate the game more because at least it's like, it sets it up for a certain way and then subverts your expectations. So that would make the game more interesting to me. Right, exactly. I don't know. I just can't. If, if you're listening out there and you can't stand Aerith, please explain to me the fuck why because i cannot fathom it <laughs> she's such a sweet character though i know and then you meet her mother in the game and she is so sweet i know i like Aerith. i love Aerith. and then so go- continuing on the un- unpopular opinions these next two i don't know if they're unpopular okay. i just think they might be because i haven't heard otherwise okay i freaking miss simpsons hit and run from the PlayStation 2. <laughs> so the Fox edition of Grand Theft Auto 3? Yes. That <laughs> okay. game was the fucking shit. Okay. I, no, I literally, I would spend hours playing this game. My favorite thing was dressing up Homer in the Moo Moo. Oh my God. I, yes. I, I loved that. putting. I forgot that you could do that with him. I loved putting Homer in the Moo Moo. I loved, I loved that episode. <laughs> it was so cool. So like, I just don't understand how this game isn't more popular. I think it's because it's developed such a cult following and not so much of a mainstream following to where it would warrant an HD remake. But that's my point. It's like, how is it not more mainstream? I mean, oh, right, right. It was, and it, I mean, especially it, considering the, the success of the Simpsons movie, you would think Fox would have ordered a, a, exact, a remaster or something. Exactly. It was just stupid enough to still be fun and hilarious. <laughs> While still having some semblance of some kind of a storyline. Exactly. Maybe. Exactly. You know what? Those, you know what's really sad, though? What? The story for the Simpsons hit and run was written better than the story <laughs> for Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> It totally was. <laughs> I saw some, I saw a post on Reddit where it was a picture of uh, Patrick Starr and he was sitting at a computer mm-hmm. and it was like um, Yoko Shimamoto composing the music for Kingdom Hearts three and then this, the next panel was Patrick right. sitting on the ground, the ground with, with a board on, on his head, head. Tetsuya Nomura, Nomura writing, writing the, the story. story. Yes, I saw that. It was amazing. <laughs> Oh my god, it was so oh, good. I, I shared it, and I'm like, I hate how fucking accurate this is. I know, it totally was. It was so accurate. So, yeah, no, I just I just don't know why Simpsons Hidden Run didn't become more popular, because it was such a good game. It was I, so much fun. Yeah, I think, I think that's more... I mean, like, I, I know for a fact that my dad would most definitely agree with you on that front, and mm-hmm. I think it's because... 
I think The Simpsons Hit and Run was definitely uh, geared toward the older audience, Mm -hmm. even back then. So while we were still kids, they were trying to attract the adult audience. Yeah. And I think now that those adults are even more adults than we are, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? They're like, I have to focus on my nine to five office job, not video games, you know, which is fine. No judgment. You do do you. you. Exactly. So, but I think that might be another reason as to mm-hmm. like why it ne- hasn't necessarily garnered much of a, a mainstream following. following. Yeah. Okay, listeners, I implore you. We need to get like a a, a go not a GoFundMe but like a ChangePetition.org going. We, we, <laughs> we need an HD remix of The Simpsons Hit and Run for PlayStation Four. I wonder if they would do it like the Kingdom Hearts route, where they would remake The Simpsons game, and then I think they had a they had a cabinet game. They had a gab. That's they had right, a cabinet smashing did. game. So I wonder if they would just kind of spruce that other one. Oh my like god! Throw that it in so there cool. as a mini game. It'd be really cool. Listeners, I'd play it. Help us do it. Help us do it. Help us do it. Do you have any other unpopular opinions? I do. I have one more. Okay. And again, I don't know entirely if it's unpopular. I just have not heard it anywhere else. Okay. We need an altered beast movie. A what? Altered beast. What a- the hell is an altered beast? What the fuck? You don't know altered beast? clearly by the expression on my face that no one but you can see the answer is a resounding no oh my god it was one of the original sega games that would be a really good reason why i don't know it the the, uh, i think i had like one of the portable segas Mm -hmm. that took like six double a batteries and lasted for like half an hour (laughs) i I still have that one i think that was the only real sega system i played or owned i played on a sega dreamcast for like all of five minutes at someone's house Mm -hmm. and then i had to leave so my brother and I owned the original Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually technically had two at one point because one of them broke and our dad rebought it I'm for gonna us. I'm going to need you to leave. This is a Nintendo. This is an NES household. Get out. I'm just kidding. Sonic is now owned by Nintendo, so fucking eat it. Well, he is now, but he wasn't back then. I know, <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. We're all good here. We're all good. We played Nintendo. We played everything in, in our household. Yeah. So Sega Genesis... One of their original games was called Altered Beast. Okay. And it was super fun. You were just a dude who turned into a werewolf. So but what's what was the second Twilight movie about werewolves? What was the title of that? New Moon or something? Yeah. New Moon, the video game? It was much better. It was it was not. Well, sweetheart, anything. A seeming pile of cat shit is better than the Twilight <laughs> trilogy. <laughs> Don't you remember? It's four. No, I don't. That's how little I fucking care about Twilight. Oh my god. I know, right? No, so it wasn't like that kind of werewolf. It was like uh-huh. it was like a man beast. So he still stood okay. up. Okay. But covered in fur, a long snout, and so I, I if I remember the premise correctly, because you gotta understand, I have not actually played it in a long time. Uh-huh. I think this man's wife was kidnapped or he was brought back from the dead to save somebody. Those are two very different ends of the spectrum. I mean, I think it was a combination of the two. I think he was brought back from the dead, which is why he was able to transform forms. And like, you know how Sonic had those different levels and there was like three levels per like section? Yeah. And then you had your boss fight and then you moved on to the next world, quote unquote. Altered Beast was kind of like that, but instead of moving worlds necessarily, Mm -hmm. you you differed forms. So like, what oh, so like what's interesting so like the first set you were a wolf there was uh-huh. another set where you were like a tiger and then there was one where you were like a crocodile or some sort of lizard and i think there was like that, a gorilla that sounds more like a beast boy video game than kind strictly of strictly a werewolf game but he couldn't the thing was is he had a lot of trouble changing back to his human form uh-huh. when he was enraged so he was a furry hulk <laughs> kind of <laughs> when you put it like that 
Um, yeah. <gasps> He's Beast Boy on steroids. <laughs> sure, let's go with that. <laughs> oh my god. And it, there was some sort of magic. So like, when you finish your boss fight, he would get something. I think it was like some sort of talisman. Okay. You, for those of you who like know hardcore Altered Beast and are sitting here listening in agony as I totally mess this up, please forgive me. I haven't played it in like 20 years. I love you very much. I can guarantee the people listening right now are not familiar. So it's very <laughs> informative, poorly, but very informative. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. So y- you would you would get the thing that would transform you into the next animal for the next round. Ra- so like it. It's not that he had the power to transform necessarily. He was kind of magically being forced to transform. Okay. So it was more of a curse as opposed to being an Animagus or yes. Beast Boy. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, gotcha. In fact, I'm pulling it up right now just to be certain. Um, oh, I, I love this. <laughs> the, fr- the very first thing, Altered Beast is a 1988 beat-em-up arcade game. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, oh, this. Okay. So it, I was kind of right about both things. Um, game is set in ancient Greece. Follows a centurion who is resurrected. Centurion! For Zeus! Um, who's resurrected by Zeus to rescue his daughter, Athena. Okay. Gotcha. So, in order to save his daughter, Zeus transforms the centurion into beasts with the use of power-ups. Okay. And it's like a 2D scroller. Um, okay. So one of, so I'm trying to So see. like, what, what do you want from it? Like, do you want a remake? No, I want a movie. I want a straight yeah. up movie. I mean, like the story is definitely there. I don't know. So I want not I only, mean, not <laughs> only do I want a movie, it can and should be as ridiculous as the Mortal Kombat movie. I want it to look oh like it came God. straight out of the 90s. No. Yes. You, we, we can't get that. You, yes. You realize we will never be able to attain that level of barely passable mediocrity again. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake, the Mortal Kombat movie was utter garbage. The Super Mario Brother movie was utter garbage. The only franchise movie that kind of stood a fucking chance was the Power Ranger movie. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's because it oozes everyone's favorite purple villain next to Ursula. I know, right? <laughs> and Thanos. Oh, Thanos. Oh, my big Fanny. No, I loved the Mortal Kombat movie because it was ridiculous. Now that's an unpo- that's an un, 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 un that's an unpopular opinion right there. Oh my god, no! I told I remember my brother and I would purposefully go back to Blockbuster and re-rent Mortal Kombat just to like we loved it. We laughed at it. It was stupid and funny. It was ridiculous. I I can't agree. I just I, maybe maybe you guys at that age were able to appreciate its stupidity and transform it into comedy. At my age where I was I was just pissed that it sucked so bad <laughs> see my brother and I I mean we loved Mortal Kombat we played the original Mortal Kombat on Sega that so, might be a thing I was never allowed to play Mortal Kombat except mm-hmm. for at my dad's house where my mom couldn't catch me playing Mortal oh my Kombat God. see and my parents not only did they know uh-huh. my mom and or my dad would come upstairs and sometimes play with us Man, okay, that's awesome. And yeah. I totally get how awesome that is because mm-hmm. I got my mom into playing Qbert mm-hmm. and we had a really, really shitty Wheel of Fortune game for the SNES. Mm-hmm. We had a really weird Mickey Mouse game. Imagine Mickey in the Magic Brush. But oh, are like you talking two- about Epic Mickey? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So imagine Epic Mickey, but it's like 2D scroller on the SNES. I think I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I loved it a lot. Because my brother and I grew up playing the original Mortal Kombat on Sega, mm-hmm. the graphics and the visuals and the story 
was already ridiculous. It was. Oh my god. I. <laughs> and every fanboy who's listening right now is probably going to be screaming at me. But you have to accept the fact that it's okay that it was ridiculous. It's. I think it's supposed to be ridiculous. It was. Like at this point, it's ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous. Yes. It was. It was fun. It was ridiculous. It was. It got my brother and I laughing a lot. I love the fact that within the Mortal Kombat universe, your average Hollywood star can beat the shit out of an undead magician, an yes. Aztec god, and the god of Chinese, the Chinese god of thunder. Yep. Like he's. That's like putting Kristen Stewart in the ring with fucking Mad Max, circa the second movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thunderdome. That's it. That's it. Mad Max Thunderdome. That that would be kind of amazing. So, any other unpopular opinions? Um, that was kind of it. Just I kind of got I kind of got all my steam out about Pokemon. <laughs> that's okay. No, I just I just really want another ridiculous '90s video game movie, and I want it to be <sighs> Altered Beast. And even if it's not ridiculous, I th- I really do think Altered Beast deserves a movie. It's definitely like I said, the story is definitely there. I don't think, or I, I, I it's not that I don't think. I don't know how well it would perform, especially considering the Percy Jackson movies were really good and they barely took off. That that has a specific reason. Oh, the, it does? There were books. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, a, I know that. And a lot of the fans, it was it was an Aragon situation. Oh, that makes sense. So, That's unfortunate. Yeah. Last unpopular, uh, last unpopular opinion. I liked those movies. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in for now. We'll be back after this quick commercial break. Lisa, that shirt is absolutely amazing. You guys, I know you can't see it. So Lisa, why don't you tell us a bit about it? Oh my God, girl. This shirt is totally awesome. It's this super cute little jelly bean cat Mm -hmm. thing that like, it looks like a pink mochi ball with a cat face. And it's so cute. And it even has a little tail too. I know. It came from this local artist who has a bunch of different t-shirt designs. Like what? Like D&D ones. What? No way. Because you know your boys are so as raw. You know your girls are rogue. (laughs) Like you do. So these t-shirts are 100% pre-shrunk ring-spun cotton, so they won't shrink on you in the wash, and they have shoulder-to-shoulder tapering, and they're even quarter-turned to avoid center creases. Dude, that is so fucking awesome, and I know exactly what store you got it from. I know you do! You got it from the Prickly Pear Art Store, didn't you? Oh my god, yeah! I also got this super badass white Taurus mug with these super cool green flaming patterns that make a bowl, and you know what's even better? Um... Nothing. Wrong. I'll tell you what's better. The Prickly Pear Art Store has mugs for every Zodiac sign, and all their mugs are completely dishwasher and microwave safe, too. Oh, my God, girl. Yeah. And the Prickly Pear Art Store also takes all major forms of payment and then some. I'm talking Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Google, and Apple Pay, baby. Oh, my God. So... What I'm hearing is that there's no reason for people to go to the Prickly Pear art store. You're damn wrong, because I'll even do you one better. I know the artist personally, and I managed to get our listeners a special discount. Make sure to enter promo code PEAR at checkout to get 5% off your total order. Oh my god, 5% off the entire order at the Prickly Pear art store? Did I stutter? Oh my god, girl, that is amazing. So all you got to do is enter that promo code PEAR. So like PEAR, like P-E-A-R, the kind you eat, not like a pear. Like a pair of shoes. You're totally right. Enter promo code PEAR at checkout at pricklypearart.store. That address again is pricklypearart.store. Make sure to check it out and sign up for their newsletter with new designs added daily. You're bound to find something you'll love. That promo code one more time, folks, is Pear, P-E-A-R. P-E-A-R. And that address one more time, 
pricklypearart.store. And thank you so much for sponsoring this episode of The Sweet Spot. And welcome back to the show. We're going to go ahead and just get right on in there with our transformative art segment in which, you know, we discuss video games in this case that had a significant impact on our lives. Yes. So do you want to go first or do you want me to? Um, I like how, why don't we have you go first? Me? Yes, okay. Because yours is so important to you. It is so important to me, even though you definitely brought it up in your unpopular opinion. Uh, the transformative art piece that I chose was definitely Final Fantasy X. Um, with, uh, what was transformative to me about it was being able to watch Yuna, the main, uh, heroine of the game, battle her religion and find her conviction and her strength to be able to, you know, within the context of the game, defeat the big boss, which in Final Fantasy tradition ended up being God. So she basically killed God because her religion was oppressive, judgmental. They condoned, um genocide of an entire race of people you know that kind of thing so watching yuna struggle with that internally and make that decision to leave that religion and Mm -hmm. to forge her own path and her own destiny was really transformative because around that time Mm -hmm. i had recently come out Mm -hmm. um or no i hadn't come out but i was struggling with finding myself especially within my own religion yeah you know i was raised lutheran so the feelings that i was struggling with were in complete and total contradiction to what I was being taught. So to watch someone else find that strength really pushed me to find my own and to break free from that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some of Yuna's weakest moments versus some of her strongest moments, you know, were introduced to her in the the little starting town, Besaid Island, and you're first introduced to her as this weak, frail, fragile young woman, and then you, Mm -hmm. throughout the story, watch her harden and, you know with you know uh pick herself up by her bootstraps and that kind of thing and just the amount of gumption that she has to do what it is that she needs to do to be able to protect her friends her family and the world yeah despite the fact that she's you know abandoned her religion which again within the context of the story is like how the world is cleansed because in the game you have sin which is a representation of sin yes and the the religion of the game you yevin teaches you know that a summoner must undergo a pilgrim a pilgrimage to attain the final summoning Mm -hmm. and uh perform the final summoning to destroy sin well all of the summons are called aeons and all of the aeons are housed in statues of the faith which are people who sacrifice their souls to their god you yevin to transform those souls into powerful aeons or summon creatures to assist a travel uh, to assist the summoner on her pilgrimage. So the point of the game is you have to go from temple to temple to temple to get all of your aeons before you can take on the main boss. Am I the only one who feels like that's really weird? Like, I get that it's for your religion and everything, but I'm dying for you, God slits throat. I mean, it's never implied how they died, you know, to sacrifice their souls to become aeons. That's but almost actually even worse. it is. Actually, it is. It is sacrificial because in the case of Seymour Guado, one of the main antagonists of Uh the series, you know, and he's the one, mm, we're going to get to him in a minute Mm -hmm. with Seymour Guado. His mother decided to surrender her physical form and become a faith to help Seymour, you know? Uh So it's never clearly stated how they die or how they became aeons, but they're all aeons. I guess anyway, I guess anyway, the point that I'm getting at 
it's towards the end of the game in huge spoiler territory. But at this point, the game has been out for like 14 fucking years. Play it already. So towards the more than 14 years. Anyway, so towards the end of the story, you go to the holy city, Xanarkand, and you go to attain the final summoning. Mm -hmm. Well, the final the the tradition of the final summoning is kept alive by the first high summoner. And that title is only gained post-mortem after a summoner has defeated sin. Okay, because the final summoning requires you to sacrifice one of your guardians Mm -hmm. to become the faith. Okay. And Yuna was like, no, fuck that. I'm not going to fucking do that. I'm not going to sacrifice my friends who have been with me this entire journey to attain some kind of power that'll kill them. That's not fair. So for Mm -hmm. her, well, and uh, just a fun tidbit, which is explained in the game, Yuna got her name from Lady Unaleska, the first high summoner. So for her to stare her namesake down in the eye and slay her in battle because of her conviction to save her friends is absolutely amazing to me. Mm-hmm. You know what you know what I mean? Yeah. And then through Titus's eyes, you know, we see the re- the the uh, the religious oppression. You know, you can't use machina machines. You can't uh-huh. you can't um, uh, members of the Albed race, which are openly hunted and killed by yeah like by yevanites you know they're so tired of persecution that they had to seclude themselves on a fucking island in the middle of nowhere and then the fucking yevanites under the lead of maester seymour guado find that safe haven and burn it to the ground that's some bullshit it is some fucking bullshit so to watch yuna go through that and see the oppression you mm-hmm. know, of her own religion. And I mean, not just Yuna, but Titus too. I yeah. latched onto Yuna really well. Clearly. <laughs> you don't say. No shit, Sherlock. Oh so, my goodness. I mean, like, like I said, just mm. watching her evolve into a strong, independent woman, not only a woman, but a strong practitioner, not, I don't want to say practitioner because she does end up abandoning her faith, but to watch her struggle with that decision. Yes. And to and to see the end result of that was very satisfying for me. And um, I loved every second of it. Mm -hmm. My favorite part of the game is um, towards one of the more climactic points of the game. You Uh have to control Yuna. Yeah. And you're in this dungeon called the Via Purifico. And that's also where my favorite piece of Final Fantasy in general. That's Mm -hmm. where my favorite piece of music comes from is the Via Purifico. Yeah. And you have to wander down these corridors and then you meet another summoner at the end who's like, I'm really sorry. I don't want to fight you, but you've been branded a heretic and a traitor of the faith and I have to kill you. Mm -hmm. And to watch her fight her own friends or, or like, you know. Uh, watching or having to watch yeah. her fight someone within her own faith, which is so difficult to begin with. Yeah. You know, was also very inspiring. You know what I mean? I, I do know what you mean. Yeah. I never got, got far enough. Well, <laughs> no kidding. The tutorial. I will say though, how they handled Yuna in the sequel is utter fucking garbage. I did not like her at all in 10 to. Mm hmm. I didn't like her at all. Am I the only one who thinks the numbering system of Final Fantasy is a little fucked up and convoluted? No, because it clearly denotes which sequel is from which main title. So Final Fantasy X to to And it's so the silly. Only one, the only one that I could totally agree with is confusing is Lightning Returns Final Fantasy Thirteen, which is officially Final Fantasy Thirteen Three. 
but you know it was mm. never given the title Final Fantasy 13 3 you know I know it, so I, that, that one I could give you is a little convoluted but that's kind of why I think it's convoluted because it's like what denotes that like obviously 10 2 is a direct sequel to 10 mm-hmm. but then why do you not just have one main sto- like what like if they're it's, not all sequels of each other they're all separate titles so why are they all Final Fantasy so what I'm hearing is, is that we're going to have to plan a video game conspiracy episode or a video game fan theory episode or a mini-sode, and we can dive more into it that way. Perfect. But for right now, let's continue with entrance, with transformative art. Transformative. But, so, but yes, I, I never, not only did I not play 10 like you did, mm-hmm. I didn't have those struggles with religion. And it, it wasn't about yeah. my identity. It was because... My dad was atheist. Mm-hmm. My mom was Wiccan, but my mom, my brother, and I went to church, an Episcopalian church, mm-hmm. to appease my grandmother. Yeah. So yeah. I went, so I was part of that faith, but even, I mean, at a young age, I was directly questioning teachers. Like, I, yeah. I remember being seven, and one of my Sunday school teachers was talking about how um, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're, uh, if you don't believe in God, Mm -hmm. you're damned to hell well and that's the kind of thing that's definitely explored in final fantasy 10 and Mm -hmm. that's a form of religious oppression right and i remember so this church that we had been going to that we'd been going to since i was born Mm -hmm. they all knew my father they all knew he was an atheist everyone loved my father Mm -hmm. and uh he uh when i so i asked them well what about my dad He's mm-hmm. really nice. He's such a great person. Why is he going to go to hell? And I was seven asking my yeah. Sunday school teacher that. So I yeah. didn't have those same struggles that you did. So I, I don't relate to that. Well, uh, it's not necessarily that you didn't have the same struggle. You had a different facet of that struggle. Yeah, I guess. You know, you, I don't want to say that you were so engrossed in like. I, I had a different it, experience with it. Yeah. Yeah. People just have different weird religious experiences and. Organized religion is wrong. I don't condone organized religion. I feel like everyone should just be spiritual and do them. You know, I think I, I, I would go even a step back from that. And I would say, you know, just do you don't force your opinions onto others and let, let kids, which is common sense. And let kids have the opportunity to explore. Yeah. I don't like children being born into a religion when they don't even know who they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway, we're getting into way deep territory. Bring us back. Bring us back. So, so for my transformative art, a thing for me is understanding that my brother and I were into a lot of IPs. So we, so now, I, wait a minute, when you say IP, what the hell do you mean? Intellectual property. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so a lot of the video games I played because I played because I was already into something. So we played Simpsons and run the teen Titans game. Oh, I, that was such a good one. I know. Right. I even had the run and Stimpy game on Sega. <gasps> I didn't know that they had a game. They did. And it was did amazing. I tell you, okay. Quick sidebar. I had to age myself really badly. Yesterday, I had to explain, or I had to tell someone who Powdered Toast Man was. Oh, and it killed me on the inside uh, a little bit. It should. They Although should be ashamed I was really, of themselves. I was, I was really proud that I knew all these stupid facts about Powdered Toast Man, and then they were like, no, nah, that ain't fucking real. And then they Google him, and they're like, holy fuck, he was right. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> One but, of the best feelings in the world. I know. I totally agree. So... So knowing that, I mean, I grew up playing a lot of Sega games, a lot of Sega games. I mean, obviously, I, we were just talking about Altered Beast. Um, so for me, something that inspired me and make me made me who I am was the original Sonic the Hedgehog. And I, I was obsessed with it. I played okay. it more than anything else. Um, I did have a portable Sega and I had two copies. I had Sega and, or Sonic and Sonic 2 for that portable Sega. Yeah, These, I, pl- I love Sonic. I watched the shows. I read the comics. I don't know how transformative it was like for you. Yeah, but. 
I it started, was still a big piece of your childhood growing up. I started playing Sonic at the age of three. Oh, God. It was a major part of developing me into who I was. Well, and not only that, but I feel like because of the fact that you started playing video games at such a young age, you were mm-hmm. really able to immerse yourself into the ability to make connections with people based upon their interests in gaming. Yes. You know what I mean? You were yes. able from a young age, you were uh, and correct me if I'm wrong from a mm-hmm. young age. You're like, holy shit, this is awesome. This is something I want to keep doing uh, like mm-hmm. as far as playing video games and like branching mm-hmm. out into different genres and stuff. And then in turn, using that to build your connections, like how we met. Yes and no. I mean, I, I won't I won't say genres necessarily because mm-hmm. um, I didn't actively go out and do other genres. It was okay. often I again, because I was so young, it was my grandfather, my uncle, my parents would hand me a game and I would go play it. Or, oh, OK. Gotcha. Or or if I was like if I was at a friend's house, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was meeting this one girl who lived by my biological father when I was still going to visit him. Mm-hmm. And. You know, we just met, so we were kind of getting to know each other, and I saw she had a Sega. And I was mm-hmm. like, you play Sega? And she's like, you play Sega? And I was like, I love Sega. And we See, s- what did I tell you? And we Using spent- video games to make connections. Exactly. And we <laughs> spent, like, the next however many hours, because I spent most of that weekend at her Over house. Over there, uh-huh playing Lion King on Sega. Oh my God. Did you hear that they're getting a reboot? All the classic old school Disney games are getting a reboot now. That's awesome. I'm not happy about it. Oh. Unpopular opinion. Unpopular. I'm not happy about it. I mean, I get why. I do get why. Right, right, But right, for right, me, right. getting a chance to play Lion King on Sega again would be super cool. It would be super cool if it wasn't, like, super expensive and hard to find. Oh, well, yeah. And my cousin and I used to play Earthworm Jim. And <gasps> I remember Earthworm Jim. I love Earthworm Jim. I remember watching Jim. Earthworm Jim on VHS. Exactly. I remember the one episode where they found a book with a with a typo, and it had all the power mm. in the world. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. So, so Sega games were definitely a major part of developing me in to who I ended up becoming. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't transformative like for you because I wasn't old enough to have that kind of transformation yet. Yeah. It was rather a development of me becoming me. Yeah. And we both know I can't discuss transformative art without talking about Kingdom Hearts. No. But, but I mean, you already knew that. It was so, I mean, as a kid, it was really mm-hmm. good. I mean, even now it's still good yes. for those of us who still care. <laughs> yes. And I mean, don't get me. I do think the first few games were be- much better than Kingdom Hearts 3. But, I mean, it was it was definitely a major transformation for me in my art style, actually. Really? So, I was a huge fucking dork growing up. We already knew no that. No way. I know, right? <laughs> and admittedly, so when the first game came out, I was just young enough to be in high school but i was like i was a freshman i think in high See, school i when was I first... in middle school i was in middle school or like okay. late middle school like seventh to eighth grade yes was when i started playing kingdom kingdom hearts and final fantasy 10 my brother was still in elementary school mm-hmm. he was 10 i was 14 so i was a okay. freshman yeah um he was at the end of elementary when he and i started playing and freshman year was a major development for me as in in an artistic standpoint i was doing a lot more art at home constantly drawing creating my own characters more kind of developing who i was oh God, through you that f- you you're one of those people that had like a deviant art page and like oh, this is my oc shadow if you, I, I, I will never <laughs> admit to that you're i will stammering. never admit to that i will never admit to that um <laughs> and if you ever do find the literal boxes of fan art i did as a teen um oh a, lisa's mom if you're listening i need those no please no, he doesn't. yes i do <laughs> What you would find, though, is a lot of characters with 
the zippers and buckles close. Oh my god, I don't understand how Hot Topic, in some way, shape, or form, did not benefit from Kingdom Hearts. I know, I mean, right? All the belts and zippers. I, the, I, I loved <laughs> that aesthetic. It was amazing. Kingdom Hearts is a video game about a main guy named Shora with his <laughs> with with more belts and zippers than a BDSM convention. <laughs> but totally, I'm wrong. You're not. You know what though? Have you seen the original design for Sora? How he was like half line and had a chainsaw blade. I don't think so. <gasps> I have to find that. You have to find it. It's his original design mm. is really cool. Not that mm. I dissing on the new designs or yeah, anything, which is still cool. Uh, yeah. I used to create a lot of OCs mm-hmm. and do a lot of AU fan fiction. So like, I'm not going to tell you what I did, but just imagine me taking a character and deciding to give them a completely different story and then just ha- use that as an excuse to draw them with the Kingdom Hearts style. As, as in, like, your OC or an already existing character within the game franchise? Yes. I'm the guess Riku. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying yes to both. Oh, okay. Well, and not either way. Not in this franchise. I mean anything. I mean, like, there was a movie that I used to watch that I did that to a character. Oh, good Lord. Okay. So yes. Back, so back it was to, ridiculous. Back, back to Kingdom Hearts. How was it transformative for you? <laughs> I mean, that was that was a big one. Was just artistically. Was artistically, it was developmental for you. Yes. Okay. Because, you know, it, 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 it did help me. I don't want to say it helps me develop as an artist, but as an artist, as a teen, figuring out who I am, figuring out what I like, figuring mm-hmm. out what speaks to me. How am I going to portray that to the world? How am I going to put that on paper? that came right at that time. Mm-hmm. And so that was part of me developing who I was, mm-hmm. was that Kingdom Hearts aesthetic was those belts and zippers and buckles. And even the way I dress while not as clearly obvious, I at get, least in some way had some amount of reflection yes. of your appreciation for the game. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I'm really inspired by that aesthetic. And mm-hmm. and that's something I'm still inspired by today is is the aesthetic of that clothing. And I know it's kind of silly. I mean, for fuck's sake, I have Riku's jacket sitting right there. Yeah, you totally do. So, <laughs> so yeah, I know it's a little silly, but like, I really, I really did find inspiration from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, nothing will ever recreate the magic that I experienced from the Nightmare Before Christmas to Oogie's Revenge. Don't laugh at me. No, I loved it. Okay. So I wasn't, okay. That was the, that was the one where like Jack had like the weird green yes, slimy thing. Yes, okay. He did. So and it I was loved so cool. that game. I did too. I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of the music parts. I didn't like playing those parts, but I appreciated I the score. Yes. You know what I mean? The, the score, score was, was good. really good. Yeah. And, oh God, I will never find that game again. No one I will still, ever find that game again. I still own it. I still have it at home right I fucking now. I have a PlayStation 2. You do? I do. You and I are playing that game. <laughs> oh my God, Because I never to. finished it. Because I, I couldn't find, get past the Hinterlands. We need to find a way to stream that. Yes, we do. We really do. That would be so, so amazing. Lisa, I need your help. Yes. I'm dating a nerd. And I'm, I'm a nerd too. But I mean, like, inherently okay. that comes with its own struggles. Nerds it, it dating does. nerds. As nerds, we can accept the struggles that come <sighs> from dating a nerd. And there's so many. Like... One of my biggest things that I have with dating nerds is I love certain fandoms, obviously, like Final Fantasy, Avatar, The Last Airbender, Ruby, that kind of thing. You love Ruby? No way. Yes, I do. Oh, my God. I know. It's like I'm wearing a Ruby T-shirt and I have a Ruby wallet with a matching Ruby lanyard. And I'm staring at your Ruby pops. Oh, I need all of them, though. They have. Oh, my God. They have ones with the new 
with the new outfits. Anyway, the problem that I'm referring to is when you want to introduce that fandom to, to your, your significant, significant other, other and you have to like completely explain every aspect of it and it's just so tiring or even worse okay. you have to sit there in silence while they're experiencing things that you've already experienced and you and can't, you can't show it. you can't show any amount of emotional emotion you have to sit there like you're at a meeting with ko the face stealer exactly and it's oh it eats me up inside you know what's even worse what so I've been trying to get Joe into Kingdom Hearts. Yes. And I had him start with just watching like the movie versions. Yeah. Like the cutscenes yeah. compiled together on YouTube to try and get him a better understanding of the story. Mm-hmm. And I would watch those with him and I would find that I'm going line for line with that video. <laughs> <laughs> watching that cutscene over and over again while you try to defeat the battle afterwards. Oh my God. And you, we all know exactly which fight we're talking about. The one with Riku and hollow bastion that no one could ever beat on their first try. Oh and if God. you did, please tell me the other one I'm thinking about is the phantom at Neverland. See, I, I fought the phantom at never at Neverland, but I never like actively sought him out. Oh no. I, actively... because I didn't give a shit about stop magic. What? I hated stop magic. Stop I magic liked was gravity. The best. I See, liked gravity, but only on certain ones because it would actually increase the stats on some of them. Some of them, yes. However, gravity was the only way to like start inflicting damage upon um, the enigmatic man. Oh. Zemnis. Yeah. In, 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 in Hollow Bastion Castle. Yeah, yeah. But another struggle with dating a nerd is like, uh, so my significant other is not on any form of social media. So mm, I'll be scrolling. Mine either. So I'll be, form- I'll be scrolling on Facebook. And I'll find a meme that I find particularly funny. So I'll send it to him and he's like, I don't get it. And I'm like, fuck, I have to constantly remind myself that this one particular meme has like seven years of meme lore to back it up. (laughs) And I don't have the time to explain that kind of a transition. (laughs) See, my problem is my significant other loves to think he knows more than me. And he gets so high and mighty about shit. Like Kingdom Hearts. <sighs> like, I understand Kingdom Hearts 3 is that good. I will I it's, will fully admit that. Yeah. Like, comparatively to the rest of the games, yeah. it's not that yeah. good. So, you know, he'll walk in on me trash-talking it while I'm in the middle of playing. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But then he wants to sit there and tell me that the whole story, the whole franchise is stupid and convoluted. Oh, my God. And that I the totally... story is awful. And I want to smack him. I totally get that. And it comes from a place of privilege. Like, we're a part of that fandom. We're allowed to shit talk it. Yes. You're not. And then you're going to try and come to uh, me and say that you know more about it when you don't even fucking ba- understand the basic story. No, and fuck out of here. Not even knowing more. But, like, I don't want to know more because the bit I learned about says it's that so it's stupid. stupid. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. Well, and I mean, like, I don't like how every YouTube video, like, explaining the timeline is like, this is really complicated. Buckle up. Because it's really fucking not. It really if you go in chrono- If you go in chronological order, starting yes. off with Kingdom Car... King- Kingdom Carts. Kingdom Carts. I would just play like, that. It's just a kingdom of shopping carts. <laughs> no, better. It's a Kingdom Hearts code cart game. It's Mario Kart, but it's Kingdom Hearts. Oh, Kingdom Carts. I would play that. Copyrighted. Copyrighted. copyrighted copyrighted trademark um <laughs> no my thing about it is like if you start from kingdom hearts key mm-hmm. which is the mobile game and yeah, unfortunately yeah. it is canon but only up to a certain point which is fine. you know what i mean yeah I and do. That, basically I do. basically you just have to explain the master of masters and the foretellers that's all you really need and, and which then they added that, a video, video for to help explain did. that in kingdom hearts um, uh, 2.8, 2.8 yeah. in, in the um in the fragmentary passage, passage. yeah, yeah. So it's really not that difficult. And 
people just don't want to accept the fact that it's not that difficult because they've been because the game has been put up on such a pedestal of having yeah. such a convoluted storyline that everyone it's convoluted if you're just starting or you're con- or i can see it being convoluted like when we were kids because they yeah. kept putting games out on like a handheld and side consoles yes and then would refer back to those like with the case of roxas if you didn't play chain of memories Memories. then you wouldn't understand well they never really touched on well they touched on the organization but here's the thing chain of memories i will tell you this i didn't play chain of memories i only i did i didn't have access to chain of memories Mm -hmm. because we didn't have a game boy advance we did Okay. But, but nobody had bought us the game, so we had to borrow it from friends, and then we'd have to give it back, and then okay. try to borrow it from somebody else. Yeah. Um, so, and it was the only one we had the side console for. Mm-hmm. So, we didn't play Chain of Memories. We just knew, like, tiny little pieces of it. We didn't know the whole story. We didn't know about the nobodies and Roxas. The organization and but, stuff, yeah. But when we played Kingdom Hearts 2, mm-hmm. and it started with Roxas, we... Oh, my we, God. We didn't my, care. My brother my, and I were like... The, Oh, okay. My Let's brother see what was happens. so my brother was so pissed. So I remember when that game came out, and mm-hmm. we were down visiting our grand grand. Yeah. Um, and she bought the game for us because we really wanted it, and our dad was gonna give was like gonna but pay her back for it. So oh, we ended really up. Nice. So I remember calling mom and being like, "Oh yeah, we got this new video game that we beat in two days." And he and my mom was like, "Why did you buy a game that you've already beaten?" And I'm like, "No, no, no. We loved it that much. We wanted to beat it in two days." Anyway, so I remember playing it with my brother, and we're running through the tutorial, and he's like, "Who the fuck is Roxas? This little blonde-haired twink cock-sucking bitch." Oh my god. He was. He hates Roxas. My brother loved Kingdom Hearts one, but as soon as they started adding extra shit to mm-hmm. Sora like Roxas and Ventus, yeah. he was like, I'm fucking done. This is stupid. So I can see how the convoluted storyline could detract players, but at least from Braxton's perspective, you know, he yeah. played Kingdom Hearts. He played Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. And then when two started, he was like, no, I want Sora. Fuck this. See, my brother and I, we took it with a grain of salt because we knew that we, we A, we knew we hadn't played Chain of Memories, but it didn't bother us. Right. And B, we were like... This is interesting. Let's see what's going on. Let's see mm-hmm. how this plays into the story. And by the end of it, it to us, it made total sense. Right, and right. It's well, like, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna, I was just gonna say it was like we didn't we didn't mind it because the story made sense within itself. See, and I didn't necessarily mind it because I played Chain of Memories. Mm-hmm. I was I understood the organization and nominee and nobodies. Mm-hmm. I got that. But Braxton, the side games were a little weird. They got really experimental, especially I mean, Chain of Memories with the card system. Braxton hated that and I he mean, never finished it. So yeah. I understand and how I, starting the game with Roxas would piss him off. I do. I do understand. But as somebody who was involved and even though I didn't play most of the games, I at least kept up on the story. I we're look, talking way too much about Kingdom Hearts. I'm, get, I'm getting to this. <laughs> I'm actually I, I was just thinking that myself. And uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing I'm, it back I'm to a point. I'm glad we caught it. I'm bringing it back to a point. <laughs> OK, so, you know. Even though I didn't play the games, I still followed the story mm-hmm. as as it was progressing. And I think maybe that has something to do with why Jason thinks that it's convoluted. Well, but and I mean, like, even even when Braxton tells me it's convoluted, I'm like, you gave up on it. You didn't really give it that much of a chance. You didn't. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's so, not that hard of a story to follow, even if you play not in chronological order, but in game release order, because they set it up that way to give you information. Yeah. yeah. They, you know, you're following Sora's journey. So you get more information as he gets more information. Right. And so right. I was fine with that. I still think even from a not chronological, you know, I think from a game release standpoint, the story was doing fine. 
only three was where I had my problem. And it wasn't because the story was convoluted, but because three is not really doing enough to answer what needs to be answered. It's not, it's not giving the story the justice it needs. Right. So again, what I'm hearing is, is that we're going to have to record a mini. So all about kingdom uh, hearts. Oh yes, we will. But another struggle that I have with dating a nerd is it's, it's the other side of the coin when yeah. they try to get you into something that you, that they're interested in. Yes. And you just kind of have to sit there and, and sometimes you may not like it. Yes. And, and you then, just kind of have to sit there in silence and like, try to see Jason's not so bad about that for me because mm -hmm. he, he, he does understand that I'm not going to get into certain things or that mm -hmm. I have my reasons. What sucks is that he thinks his stuff is so great, but that my stuff is stupid. And it's specifically because it's my stuff because he thinks that I don't put as much thought and logic into things. He's like, you just like anything that's shiny. My, well, yeah, you're a bird. You're a, you're a crow, sweetheart. Your nick your unofficial nickname is shiny things. Your official nickname is Mabel Pines, but that's very true. You are not wrong. <laughs> but the thing is, just because I like it, and just because yes, I do like some things that might not necessarily be as high quality. Like Simpsons Hit and Run is not necessarily a high quality page turner or something like that. Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't take away its value. Right. Exactly. Just because I enjoy something doesn't mean it's automatically has less value mm -hmm. it just means i like something there are things that both he and i like and i'm like well i like this thing he's like well yeah but that's because it's good oh yeah i hate it when they do that oh you only like it because i got you into it or of course you like it it's good uh, compared to the other stuff you don't or the other stuff you like which obviously can't be good because i don't like be good it because i don't like it yeah no it's like, the, the, that kind of conceited arrogance is upsetting spaghetti yeah and i don't think he realizes he's being conceited and arrogant but it's so hard because when you're dating it's a so nerd, it's so hard to tell them that they're being a dick because yes. you don't want to upset them, but they're being a dick. And I think that's a big problem with nerd culture is like, and, and, and I'm guilty of this too. Like, oh, everyone is. Every, every nerd is where we're, we get a little conceited and arrogant with our fandoms. We get a little overprotective of our, of our fandoms. Mm -hmm. And then and there are some fandoms that take that overprotection to an aggressive tone, like the Steven Star Universe Wars? fandom and oh, Star Wars. Star Wars yeah. is bad. Oh, I'm not, I'm not surprised by that at all. I mean, you do know that they, uh, the, the, the toxic masculinity that's present in the Star Wars fandom actually took, um, I can't remember her name. I know it ends with Tran and I'm so sorry to this actress. Um, she, she was in the second movie. She was in Last Jedi. Okay. She's Rose. Do you know who I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yes. Okay. I know. Her uh, and Daisy Ridley both yeah. ended up leaving their respective social medias like Instagram and Twitter because of the toxic uh, toxic the, because of the toxicity yes that's the word you're looking for yes, right thank you the toxicity, the toxicity in of the, the fandom yes. yeah and that's a big problem with all, a lot of nerds is like we oh get yeah so toxic about our stuff and i think it's worse when it's your partner because yeah, because you love this person and yeah. you want to share that that part of yourself with them and then they're mm -hmm. just kind of shitting all over it yes exactly it's frustrating i totally get it so what recent nerd thing has your partner done that is what recent nerd thing has my partner done he so the only example i can really have is like with pokemon go mm -hmm. because he just plays it so much more frequently than i do mm -hmm. he doesn't necessarily understand that i'm not well first of all i'm not the most active person in the world especially <laughs> since my career change mm -hmm. but um as well as that, it's just I don't like playing games on my phone for too long because I feel like I'm staring at my phone and I'm being too rude. So, okay. like, he'll plow through all of the special missions and get... Like, he got Mew. He got Celebi. He's on his way to Jirachi. But, like, he... 
it, it's just frustrating because I feel like he expects me to keep up with him in Pokemon Go. And it's like, I don't, I didn't play it that much before I met you. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to play it that much more now. Like, my mm-hmm. opinion of it hasn't changed. It's fun to play. Not constantly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Although I will say that by dating him, I have gotten more into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is a natural thing that happens when you're dating someone. Yeah. You, you kind of get more into their things. Yeah. Um, Jason kind of had it in the opposite like 100% opposite effect to literally what you're just talking about. Okay. It was funny. He, he started uh-huh. playing wizards unite the Harry Potter version of Pokemon. Go. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and came home, wanted me to play it with him. And I'm like, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know me. I love my games. I know you do. Especially Harry Potter, especially Harry Potter. And so we're walking around and I'm trying to catch a thing. So I got my phone up in the air cause I'm trying to catch a hippogriff and, uh-huh. Um, he wanders off and I'm like, what the hell? I thought you were going to stick oh, with me. I hate that too. I hate that. It's like, well, I thought you were doing your own thing. So I went to go do mine. It's like, like, do you I not wouldn't realize how that works. I wouldn't be out here playing this game with you if I weren't trying to play it with, with you. you. You know what I mean? But then, so the whole time we're playing, he's making fun of me for being into it because like, I'm like, I've got my he's phone. The one who got you fucking into exactly. it. Exactly. I've got my phone up in the air and I'm like spinning around in circles trying to catch the thing because I get into it. And he's making fun of me for it. And it's like, really? You wanted See, me to play this yeah. with you? No, no, no. Like, with Joe, the thing is, is like, he doesn't pay attention to the world around him. He's a, he's already not very good at that. But he's even worse when he plays Pokemon Go because mm-hmm. he gets so engrossed into it yeah. that, like, I have to, like, remind him, like, put your fucking phone down and watch where you're going. I that mean, kind of thing. It would be one thing for Jason to do that. But yeah. For him to take a picture of me without noticing that I've got That's my phone, rude. that I've got my phone up in the air, yeah, and then send it to our friends, being like, "Somebody's really into this." Like, that's mean. Well, no, I mean, yes, that because is mean. He but did at it the same specifically time, because he knew my friends would continue making fun of me. See, that's not fair. That's not fair. If he was doing it like, oh, look at how cute she is. She's so into it. Totally different fucking story. No, he was being sarcastic, and then he waited for the rest of our friends to make fun of me. Dick. Total dick. Dick. So, yeah, it's totally he, rude. So he makes fun of me for it. It's like, that's, you're an asshole. Go to hell. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like this is a really good point to go ahead and just, you know, wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> so wrap so, it up. Bup, wrap it up. Bup, 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 bup. So um, I know that we don't have a Facebook page. We don't have a Twitter handle. We don't have an Instagram. We don't have a Snapchat. We are literally the least social media present podcast because guess what? It's our first fucking episode. Cut us a little break. So, however, if you are friends of us, the, mm-hmm. Lisa and I, you know, obviously we're going to keep everyone updated and everything. So, and if you like the show, please tell your friends. Let's get word of mouth started early. You know, we're going to be releasing content, hopefully on a more consistent schedule. I'm petting a pussy. That oh, it's totally unrelated. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> uh, we also take user submitted content. So like, if you guys want us to talk about something, let us know, and we would be more than happy to do that. For the help I'm dating a nurse segment, we started it off because it's the first episode. But if we ever decide to do it again, we would love to take your guys's complaints. Oh my god, yes! Like, tell us your struggles about dating nerds, and yes. tell us your unpopular opinions. And like I said earlier, when we were introducing the segment. The transformative art is a very broad topic. So if there is a piece of transformative art in any, in, 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 in uh, any form of media, there we go. Video game, music, movies, movies, TV shows, that kind of thing. Let us know. We'll talk about it. 
we can let you talk about it too i we've got a really cool audio mixer that lets me like plug in my phone and stuff <gasps> that so, would be so cool it'd we be can so have you cool. guys phone in it would be awesome so like i said if you're friends of ours definitely keep an ear out keep an eye on facebook especially if you're my friend because that's where i'll post all my updates mm-hmm. but um so I want to thank everyone so much for tuning into the first episode. Be sure to let us know how we are. I'll cut this. Out. I'll cut this out later you. when we redo, like when when we actually publish the episode. Okay, I'll cut yeah. this bit. I'll cut this bit out. Okay. But again, I want to thank everyone for listening. And like I said, be sure to definitely you know keep an eye on your facebook because we will i will post more updates on there so this has been the first episode of the sweet spot i'm your host robbie with my co-host lisa and we'll see you guys next time bye Bye.